the first woman, Eve, was created to be her husband's helper. She was to be a suitable helper. That's what it means. A helper that uniquely fits him. A helper that is appropriate. She fit his needs. No animal could ever do that. As much as we might like animals, they are not suitable helpers. Sometimes we think that being a helper is an unimportant role. But it's not. It's a position of great importance. In fact, the gift of helps is one of the spiritual gifts that the Apostle Paul listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. That was in his explanation of how the body of Christ fits together. Helping is indeed a vital job. Well, hello and welcome to Verse by Verse, an expository Bible teaching program led by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve, who has been teaching since 1981 at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, is beginning his second message in a two-part series dealing with the responsibilities of wives. This is part of an extended series of messages on the biblical family. Pastor Steve has been teaching about two of the wife's responsibilities, submitting to her husband and respecting him. Today, as you might have noticed already, we will hear about the responsibility of the wife to help her husband. I have a pastor friend who lovingly calls his wife Azer, which is a Hebrew word that means helper. She supports him in so many ways that the term is a perfect description for her ministry to him. It's the word used in Genesis chapter 2 when the Lord said that he would make for Adam a suitable helper. In fact, our first Bible text will be Genesis chapter 2. So if you have your Bible ready, you might want to turn there now as Pastor Steve gets our class started. Thirty years ago, jazz artist Billy Tipton realized that a woman would have a hard time breaking into the field of jazz. So Billy decided to live as a man and did for the next 30 years. But when death came to Billy Tipton, emergency medical personnel found out that Billy was a woman, not a man. You know, as I read that and thought about that, I thought, what a shame that Billy Tipton never got to enjoy life as a woman, always pretending to be something she was not. But you know, there are a lot of women who, while they don't pretend to be men, do anything as drastic as that, they really don't enjoy being a woman. They don't enjoy living as a woman and, and accepting the God-given responsibilities that the Bible teaches. And I suppose that, that one reason why many women do not enjoy being a woman is they don't understand what the Bible teaches about a woman's role and what God says in his word is her God-given responsibility and responsibilities. To live as God intended and designed uh, a woman to live is the way to enjoy life. And we said this the other week, that this is the truly liberated woman. Because she's liberated from trying to be something that she wasn't created to be. She's liberated from the bondage that society uh, puts upon her by telling her that and pressuring her into being something that's, that's rather abnormal. And yet many, many do this. And this morning, we want to continue our study on the series, The Biblical Family. We're looking at the responsibilities of a wife. Last week, we looked at two responsibilities that a wife has. Number one, she's to submit to her husband. 
And we explained that last week. Hopefully we explained it to the point where, where it was understandable. Secondly, she is to respect her husband. She is to reverence her husband. So it's not simply that she is to submit to him, but there's an attitude that goes along with it. Submission is not simply, I'll do what you say regardless of how I feel. Submission is an attitude that says, I will do what you say, not only outwardly, but I will inwardly do what you say as well. There's there's an attitude of respect. Now, this morning, we want to look at, at the third major responsibility that God has given every wife. And it relates to the way, the reason, really, that she was created. And it is not only to submit and to respect, but also to help her husband. She is to be her husband's helper. And I'd like to begin by having you turn to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. And we looked at this, actually, when we opened this series up a few weeks ago, but I want, I want you to see it again. Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 18. Context is, God has created the heavens and the earth. He has said in the first two chapters that what he created was good. It was good. It was good. And then he, we come to verse 18 and says this, And the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. It's not good that the man is alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. And the man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. Then he caused then he took rather one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The first woman, Eve, was created to be her husband's helper. She was to be a suitable helper. That's what it means. A helper that uniquely fits him. A helper that is appropriate. It fits, she fit his needs. No animal could ever do that. As much as we might like animals, they are not suitable helpers. Now, contrary to what many people think, and I want to just touch on this, the biblical concept of a woman being a helper is not a demeaning concept. In fact, the Old Testament in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, uses this very Hebrew word for help or helper to describe God. The context is God helped the children or the men of Israel defeat the, the men of the Philistine army. God is a helper. And certainly that's not demeaning to say God is their helper, just as it's not demeaning to say a wife is a helper to her husband. That's a great comparison, Pastor Steve. In fact, I mentioned earlier that the Apostle Paul listed the gift of helps among several others. All in one list, he mentioned apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healings, helps, administrations, and various kinds of tongues. While these gifts and responsibilities may vary in prominence, they are all given by God and therefore significant. We'll return to our class soon, but we should take a minute or so to introduce ourselves in case you've just tuned in. You're listening to Verse by Verse, an expository Bible teaching radio class led by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been teaching at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida since 1981. 
This radio ministry is an outgrowth of that teaching ministry, and we hope that it will bless and encourage you as you listen. Maybe you missed the beginning of our class, or you'd just like to listen to this program again. If so, it is available for listening or podcast at our website, versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. Later, at the end of today's lesson, I'll tell you how you can order a CD of this message if you'd like to have one. Let's return to class now for some practical tips on how you as a wife can be of real help to your husband. Now, Adam was not complete until God gave Eve to him to stand by his side, to fill in for his weaknesses, to support him, to meet his needs, and to help him in every and any way possible. That's what a helper does. And it ought to be no different today, in spite of society's pressure to move out of the role of a husband's helper Every Christian wife needs to see that in spite of those pressures, and society puts a great deal of pressure on a wife, a wife ought to function as her husband's helper. And that's what the Bible says. It's not what society says, what the Bible says. For those women who accept the Bible as the word of God, there's really no question as to whether she should do this or not. There's a readiness there. There's a willingness to help. But often the issue is this, and the question boils down to this. Not a question of whether she should do it or not. The question is, How can I be my husband's helper? How can I help him in the best way? How can I specifically function as his helper? And I'm glad you asked that question because this morning we're going to look at some very practical suggestions and ways a wife can help her husband. So as I said last week, men, get the pens out and uh, give them to your wives and let them write this down. Because, ladies, if you don't, your husbands are going to write this down. They may not take notes for their own messages, but they'll take it for for you for this. And we're going to look at six ways that a wife can help her husband. And we're going to look primarily at two passages of Scripture. One in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. We're going to look at Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman of Proverbs 31. We're going to look at three ways that that woman was a help to her husband. We're not going to take an exhaustive study of Proverbs 31, but we're going to pull out three ways from that passage. And then we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to look at three ways from that passage of Scripture that Peter says a woman, a wife, can help her husband. So, she's to submit to him, to respect him. She's also to help him. So let's begin by turning to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. This is a marvelous portion of Scripture. And uh, you ought not to get uh, annoyed at this woman. There is a tendency, I think, when we, when we read this, uh, when, when women read this, to think, oh, isn't she the perfect lady? You know, and, and just kind of a resentment. No, it's not intended to be that, but uh, I know the feeling. And so uh, uh, don't dislike this woman. Learn from her. And that's what we want to do. Uh, this is in the last, this is the last uh, book of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is about wisdom. How to live wisely and not as a fool. That's what, that is a summation of the book of Proverbs. How to live, as God says, and live wisely and not as a fool. And the last section of this book on wisdom, God presents a model of a wise wife. She is a wise woman. Says in verse 10, an excellent wife who can find, for her worth is far above jewels. She was called an excellent wife, or as the King James Version puts it, a virtuous woman. An excellent wife, she's a virtuous woman. This is a special wife. This is the kind of wife every husband would like to have. But not every husband does. 
Why? Because the writer says, who can find her? Who can find a woman like this? She's rare. She's valuable. Women like this exist, but they're hard to come by. They're valuable. In fact, that's why he says at the end of verse 10, for her worth is far above jewels. She is rare. She is valuable, far more valuable than, uh, than jewels or diamonds or things of that nature. Now, what's so excellent and what's so virtuous about this, this woman? In other words, how does she help her husband? What makes her so valuable to her husband? Why is she so uh, rare? Well, I'm going to give you some ways that you can help your husband by looking at this woman and saying, I can learn from her. Number one, first way to help your husband is the way she helped her husband. She was worthy of trust. She had a character of trust. He could rely upon her. Verse 11 says, the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. But the heart of her husband trusts in her. Now, what does he mean by this? What kind of trust? This has absolutely nothing to do with with sexual faithfulness. That goes without saying that she's faithful to her husband, but that's not what he's talking about. It means that she can be trusted to handle the daily affairs of the household. In other words, her husband can trust her with the checkbook without fear that she's going to squander his money. That's what it means. That's why at the end of verse 11 it says, and he will have no lack of gain. She's a woman who can be trusted with the family finances. In other words, she doesn't drain him of money. Instead, she enhances the family's wealth. She handles it in a proper proper way. You see, this wife and husband communicate clearly. As, as we say in sports, they're on the same page of the playbook. They, they've gotten together. They, they know what to do. Uh, in fact, uh, she's careful with money. Verse 14 says she's, she's like merchant ships which bring her food from afar. In other words, she, uh, like the merchant ships, she goes far away to get the best deals, the best bargains. She doesn't just run to the mall and the first thing she sees, she buys. She might have to travel to Tampa. Of course, she'd waste all that money in gas if she lived today, but, but you get the point. She's looking for the best bargain. So, so here's a woman that a husband says, uh, this husband says, I can trust her with the checkbook. And I know it's not going to bounce. Now, that's very important. You know, many husbands are, are exasperated and frustrated because their wives overspend. They're also frustrated because their wives put great pressure on them to make more money so they can live at a higher standard than, or, or as high as their friends or relatives. And then they misspend the money. There has to be an agreement with finances. In fact, uh, Lord willing, I'm going to do a message on, on unity through financial uh, understanding. Because one of the pressures that couples uh, face, and especially young couples, that they, they don't handle their money well. They overspend or they don't budget or they, they misuse credit cards. And so we, we really believe that the husband and wife need to be in agreement on finances. It's a great help when they're on the same page. They know what's going on. See, some wives just can't be trusted with money. Their husbands work hard for it and then they use it foolishly. Not this wife. See, you want to help your husband and relieve him, ladies, of the anxiety of going into debt because he's not sure that you can handle the money and take care of the household while he's away. 
Not sure he can trust you with money. And there is a tremendous anxiety that a husband faces as the leader of the home. He works hard for the money that he makes and uh, it would relieve him of tremendous pressure and, uh, and, and fear knowing that it's well taken care of. So a wife is to be a big help to her husband because her husband can trust her. He can trust her to take care of the household affairs. She knows that, that she will get, he knows that she will get the job done without bankrupting him. So, that's very brief, but that's very important. Secondly, she is supportive of her husband. She's a great support to him. Not only does he trust in, in her financially, but she's a great support to her husband. Verse 12 tells us this. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Now, it might be easy to pass over that and say, well, of course, she does him good. She does him good and not evil. But let's look at this for a moment. This is a woman who realizes that she's to live to help her husband. She's not fighting him every step of the way. She doesn't see herself as an opponent. She sees herself as, as a teammate, and he's the leader. She lives to help her husband. She lives to do him good. Now, you might think, well, what wife would live to do him evil? Plenty of wives lived to get even, to do their husband's evil. In fact, one way she could do this is by neglecting to support him in his personal struggles. A husband needs a wife he can talk to, who he can share things with that he couldn't possibly share with anybody else. But sometimes a wife may be too busy to listen, too apathetic, too caught up in, in her own life to help him, too caught up in her own career, perhaps, to help him in his career. One woman who comes to my mind in the Bible who, uh, who did her, her husband evil was Job's wife. We often think about Job, but uh, I'd like you to turn to the book of Job and think with me about Job's wife. This was a foolish woman. At least what she said was foolish. She did her husband evil. The point and the purpose of the book of Job and his testings and, and trials were to prove to Satan and to all of us who now read the book of Job what a man of faith is like, that, that faith is lasting. God is proving the validity of Job being a man of God and being someone who has true faith. We know this because uh, as we read in, in Job chapter 1, verse 6, I'll just read a little bit. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Satan also came among them, and the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? And Satan answered, the Lord and said, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning uh, away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? Hast thou not made a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed his work of his hands and, and his possessions have increased in the land. But put forth thy hand now and touch all that he has. He will surely curse thee to thy face. You see what Satan is saying? Of course Job loves you. You give him everything. Life is wonderful for Job. You take some of the things away from Job and he'll curse you. That's all that Job is in it for, just to get from you. He doesn't care about you, God. And so God said, all right, you can do this and this and this to him, but don't touch his flesh. You can take from him, but don't touch his skin. Don't harm him physically. And that's what happens. That's what happened. Job lost, lost his children. He lost his, his uh, livestock. It was a terrible, terrible thing that happened. But notice how Job just hung in there. Verse 20. 
Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And this is a man of faith. I came into this world, he said, I had nothing. God wants to take whatever he gave me away, and that's, that's okay. I'm going to praise him. Satan said he'll curse you. Job is praising God. We're not finished. Chapter 2. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And then Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. And he still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to ruin him without cause. And Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has he will give for his life. However, put forth thy hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he'll curse thee to thy face. So Satan said, of course he praises you. Every man loves himself. You hurt him. You harm him physically and you'll see that Job will curse you. So big deal. You take some things from him. You gave it to him anyway. You take his health and you'll see what, what kind of a man he really is. And, and we know the rest of the story. We know that uh, that is exactly what took place. And Job experienced horrible things, uh, probably boils all over his body. It says in chapter 2, verse 7, and Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a, potch, a potsherd and to scrape himself while he was sitting among the ashes. And watch this. Then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. That's her advice. Curse God and drop dead. That's what she's saying. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. But I would add, his wife did. She did him evil. She said, curse God. What, what kind of a way is that to do good to your husband? Now, she should have listened to him, should have comforted him. She should have stood by him. She should have said, you are the most godly man on the face of this earth. Something else is happening here. I don't understand it, but it's certainly not because you're, you're wicked. God is doing something. Let's just trust Him. And Job, uh, I'm going to pray for you night and day, and I'm going to fast. And I, but she said, curse God and just die. Stupid advice. Need to help your husband by taking an interest in his concerns, his problems. Do you do that, ladies? You may not be like Job, but when you're going through problems, you feel like Job. And he needs he needs somebody who's going to understand him, who's going to give him some good, sound advice, not not foolish advice. Philippians chapter two, verses three and four tell us: don't be don't be selfish. Look not everyone on his own things, but also on the things of others, and that that certainly applies to wives. But don't be selfish. Be willing to, to live to benefit Him and not yourself. You are created. You were created to be His helper. Wouldn't it be nice if our society gave more honor to helpers? The Bible gives them great honor. In fact, God Himself is described as our helper in many places in Scripture. So husbands, don't forget to show your genuine appreciation 
for all those wonderful things your wife does for you. If you'd like to know more about Verse by Verse Radio or about our teacher, Pastor Steve Kreloff, just stop by our website. The address is versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. You can listen to this program again, or you can sign up for our free podcasting service while you're there. To order a CD of this message, call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and number, and we'll return your call during weekday office hours. That's 727 727- 4411714 Verse by Verse Ministries is a faith ministry supported by interested listeners who have first been faithful to their local church. So far we've seen two ways that a wife can help her husband. She can be trustworthy and she can be supportive. Would you like to know another way a wife can help her husband? Well, I hope you'll join us next time as Pastor Steve continues his lessons on the responsibilities of the wife.